0: by the name of Rod Meldrum, who espouses geography in what he terms the heartland of America. And although I have not met Mr. Meldrum before and have no reason whatsoever to doubt that he's genuine and sincere and extremely well-meaning, there are some reasons why I personally don't agree with his location why don't think the Book of Mormon and geographic and archaeological evidence would support his theory let me describe a few reasons why I believe at this point in time based on currently available information that Book of Mormon lands were in Central America on uh, specifically southern Mexico, Guatemala, uh, mainly on the Yucatan Peninsula. There are reasons for this. Let me also start off here by mentioning two things that are described uh, and not described in the Book of Mormon that I think are, are quite telling. One of those is cement. Helaman chapter 3 verses 9 through 11 talks about cement cities that were incredibly well done. And we don't find ancient cement cities in North America. We do, however, in an excavation called El Mirador in Guatemala, just north of Costa Rica and in several other places in and around Veracruz, Mexico. Some of these cement cities have buildings that are over seven stories high. Coincidence? Or does that mean that that is a likely location for Book of Mormon lands? I I think the latter. Another interesting thing is not mentioned in, in the Book of Mormon. And that is that wouldn't it be strange if the Book of Mormon peoples lived in the heartland of America, in the Great Lakes region, and there was absolutely no mention of cold or snow, which we don't have in the Book of Mormon except for in Isaiah quotation and on the contrary in Alma chapter 46 verse 40 we have mention of fevers which are typical of humid tropical and semi-tropical lands and it says that they were very frequent among the Nephites also something you typically would not find in the heartland of America in the Great Lakes region now Also, if you take a look at where Lee Hyena's party would have traveled from and to, it makes Central America the most likely and somewhere in North America highly unlikely. And let me explain why. First of all, the caravan trail, the way Lehi and his family went from Jerusalem to the New World, travels south from Jerusalem. We learn that in 1 Nephi chapter 16, verse 13. They traveled south, southeast. And then it says in 1 Nephi chapter 17, verse 1, that they made a turn and traveled eastward they would have done that off onto the Sinai Peninsula. And out there, they would have found vast amounts of sand, and ultimately they would have run their traveling course somewhere near present-day Oman, likely in a location found A couple of decades ago and described in a great deal of publications at the time where in this vast area of sand there's a beautiful little oasis that has all of the things described in the Book of Mormon and all the necessary ingredients to construct a ship. Now if that's where Nephi, Lehi and their party departed from the Old World the currents in the winds would have taken them eastward. It would have been nearly impossible or virtually impossible for them to have traveled around Cape Horn, Africa in the coldest and most difficult location. If they had done so, they would have crossed the Atlantic and they would have done that against the currents and they would have wound up Landing in eastern United States, according to Meldrum's uh, theory, or in California, if they had traveled eastward. And from there, it's a long distance to the Great Lakes region, which really doesn't fit the descriptions in the Book of Mormon. Now, if, on the other hand, they traveled along the known and understood uh, winds and ocean currents they would have traveled eastward and probably landed somewhere in Mesoamerican Central America somewhere in southern Mexico or Guatemala on the western side they would have crossed the Pacific Ocean and That's what I believe happened. Now, there are reasons for that in the Book of Mormon. In Alma chapter 22, verse 28, it talks about the land of first inheritance. Where they landed was near the western seashore in the land of Nephi. That doesn't fit a Great Lakes location, but it certainly does fit a Mesoamerican location location. Next, you take a look at the narrow neck of land. This was a mountainous region which certainly doesn't fit anything near the Mississippi River that's being described by those who espouse the Great Lakes area and the Mississippi River as the River Sidon. Um, Incidentally, the River Sidon doesn't really Work uh, as the Mississippi River because the Mississippi flows south and the River Sidon flows north and east. The Usumacinta River and the Grijalva Rivers in Mesoamerica do flow north and east, which does meet the description there. The narrow neck of land between the East and West Sea connecting the lands northward and southward. And between desolation and bountiful was a fairly small area. Take a look at Alma chapter 22, verses 30 through 34, uh, chapter 52, verse 9, and chapter 63, verse 5. Among others, it was only a one and a half day's journey for a Nephite to traverse the narrow neck of land and to go from one sea to the other. And this was a mountainous region that meets with a great description of the isthmus of Tehuantepec, which is less than 150 miles. It really doesn't work for a location in North America. If you're just joining us today, we're talking about why I personally espouse, and these are only my opinions, a Central American location for the Book of Mormon lands, and not anything in North America, which is something that was brought up to me in an email this week. So, if you would like to stay tuned, we'll talk more about it on the other side of our break. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Now, back to Religion Today with Martin Tanner on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you're just joining us, today we're talking a little bit about where did the events described in the Book of Mormon take place. There are those who believe it was in the Great Lakes in the region that we now call New York and in other locations near there. I don't believe that for several reasons. We'll recap those in a moment and then talk about some new ones. If you'd like to be in touch with me about this or any other subject, I welcome your contacts. Send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com martinstanner at gmail.com and I'll be happy to respond. I'm doing the show today in response to an email that I received last week from someone who has been to um, some seminars and read some literature and seen some DVDs of uh, Mr. Rod Meldrum, who ascribes to a Heartland America theory of where the Book of Mormon took place. And although I certainly have no reason to believe he has not Genuine and well-meaning, I have a different view of where the events took place. I'm sort of outlining today why I believe the Book of Mormon events took place in Mesoamerica. A quick recap. First of all, the Book of Mormon mentions cement in Helaman 3, verses 9 through 11. And there are ancient cement cities in El Mirador in Uh, Guatemala, just north of Costa Rica, and in several other places in and around Veracruz, Mexico. Nothing like that is in the Great Lakes region. We also have no description amongst the Nephites and Lamanites in the Book of Mormon of snow and cold, which you certainly would have found, I believe, if the Book of Mormon events happened in and around the Great Lakes we also have mention of fevers which sound like tropical and humid type fevers because they were very frequent among the Nephites described in Alma chapter 46 verse 40 not something you would find in the Great Lakes region definitely something you would find in Central and Mesoamerica also the narrow neck of land was mountainous which fits the Isthmus of Tehuantepec in Mesoamerica, the Yucatan, near the Yucatan Peninsula, but it would not really fit a description near the Great Lakes or the Mississippi. Then you have the issue that the River Sidon, which flows north and east, doesn't really work for the Mississippi River, which flows south. You also have a number of different descriptions which make it so that the total span of Book of Mormon lands would be about three to four hundred miles and let's talk about those for just a moment because if you believe that the Book of Mormon lands covers many many hundreds of miles and that they originally landed either in California or on the East Coast you have to deal with that problem. King Limhi's exploring party left Nephi to go to Zarahemla, but they missed Zarahemla. They went through the narrow neck of land without even realizing it, and they went to the location of the final battlegrounds of the earlier people, the Jaredites. There they found the plates, the 24 gold plates left by the Jaredites. Take a look at Ether chapter 15, verse 33, and Mosiah chapter 21 in verses 25 through 27. Even if Lemhi's party went twice as far as it should have, the land northward from the land of desolation could only be about twice as far as Nephi was from Zarahemla. And if Nephi and Zarahemla based on descriptions about how far it was between those two cities, was maybe 150, 200 miles, then the distance from Nephi to Desolation, which are the outer limits of the territory described in the Book of Mormon, would really only be about 300 to 400 miles at the very greatest. I don't know how that's possible with a North American approach. And then you have... Some other things that maybe are just coincidences, but they just seem almost too good to be true otherwise. Uh, there is a Mayan city called San Lorenzo in southern Veracruz that is likely Kish. Um Kish is the Mayan word for bird. Hieroglyphics all over the city of San Lorenzo say a king named Kish, born in 993 B.C., ascended to the throne in 967 B.C. Coincidence that San Lorenzo in southern Veracruz has a king with the same name as a king in the Book of Mormon? Maybe. How about Mosiah chapter 7, verses 6 and 7, where it talks about the land of... Nephi, up from Zarahemla. The land of Nephi is probably the mountain range called the Kuchimantanis by the Mayans. It can be, I believe anyway, equated with the narrow strip of land where the river Sidon originates because the Creolva River originates there. It just makes sense. And then there's another description that, if just a coincidence, would be incredible. In Mormon chapter 1 verse 3, uh, chapter 4 verse 23, and in Ether chapter 9 verse 3, we hear about this Jaredite hill shim. There is a Mayan hill shim, which was earlier called by the Aztecs Chintopec, and it's in the Tuxtla Mountains in southern Veracruz. Now, this word Chintopec is kind of interesting because Chin means corn, Tepec means hill, so this literally means corn hill. And Mayan and Aztec legends say that the corn that is grown on the hill literally grows forth from the ancestors of the Aztecs and the Mayans. In the Book of Mormon the Jaredites were slaughtered on the hill, their blood was on the hill. Corn grown there would be growing from the blood of their ancestors. Sadly, that would be a literal statement. And then you have excuse my voice there, and then you have there Rama Kamora in Ether chapter fifteen verse eleven. In Hebrew, rama means height and kam as in kamora would mean hill. Ora means light. So that would mean high hill of light. The summit of the Tuxtla mountains in southern Veracruz is probably Rama Kamora. It means lookout hill or very high hill. It seems to also match the waters of Ripleyancom in Ether chapter fifteen, verse eight. Probably refer to the Huayapan River, which is a very large river in the Tuxtla Mountains, and so on and so forth. The River Sidon is probably the Grialva River or the Usumacinta River, where it uh, heads east and north. It's Something that just works because of the direction that it flows and how large it is. These are things that seem to fit, at least to me, far better based on archaeology and the geographical descriptions. If you want more information about them, take a look at John L. Sorensen's An Ancient American Setting for the Book of Mormon. Of course, no one is claiming absolute knowledge about any of this, but to me, the subject matter is fascinating. I hope you'll join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner, your host. This is Religion Today, right here on KSL.